0: Hi, I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out, right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. On today's show, I'm speaking with director Thomas Morgan about the film Sofra, which is having its North American premiere at Doc NYC ahead of a theatrical release in November and December. Executive producer Susan Sarandon and director Thomas Morgan of Rebel House Group and Pilgrim Media have announced the North American premiere of the feature documentary, Sofra, at the Doc NYC Festival. The film tells a wildly inspirational story of the world's most unlikely entrepreneur, a generational refugee who launched a catering company, and the first ever food truck business from inside a refugee camp. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Director Thomas Morgan. Hi, how are you?
1: Very good, thank you.
0: So tell me how you got involved with this film. Is it pronounced Sufra? Sufra. Uh, Sufra. So so
1: um, yes. I, I, um, I had worked with an organization called Alphanar years ago, and we were trying to do a film about the first um, free uh, school for girls to attend in Libya. And that film kind of fell through. And um, I said, if you ever come across any other interesting stories, let me know. And one day, Myrna Tella called me from... From London and said, I don't know if you're interested in this, but we have kind of this rogue catering company that we'd give, given some initial funding to, to get started, and they're think, they're contemplating a, a food truck, and it's in the middle of a refugee camp south of Beirut. So, wow. a week and a half later, I uh, I found myself south of Beirut, following this incredible story, and, and two years later. Um, we finished shooting, so it was uh, it was an incredible journey for all of us.
0: Unbelievable! How did uh, Susan Sarandon get involved with this project?
1: So Susan's been uh, a friend and has been involved in a lot of my projects. Uh, most of my films have been um, about social justice and human rights issues, and she's very close to a lot of the issues. And so we we've been a good fit on uh, on quite a few. So uh, we, we're friends and. And we um, we work together on a couple of things, and this is uh, these kind of projects just seem to draw our attention. And she's always uh, been very kind in, in lending her name.
0: That's fantastic. I love her. She's a great actress. Um, so let's talk about the film, Sufra. Uh You you was it hard to get uh, involved in the whole story? I mean, were people hesitant to let you in, or was there you know great acceptance? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, actually, physically getting in wasn't uh, wasn't the issue. It was, it was it was breaking through into into their lives and into their personal stories. Yes. It was quite uh, quite difficult. They they were very closed. Um, they you know it, they had been um, just in this in this place where no one had cared about them for so long that they were very skeptical of any outsider coming in. And uh, we hired local uh, cinematographer Jenna Cram, who was incredible. And, you know, everybody was, it was as local as we could make it to give a, a level of comfort, but still it took a long time. So I would say the first, I don't know, eight months. Mm, that's uh, a long time. Got, yeah, very little of what we used was in the first eight months. Um, we, we got some interviews, but it was all very uh, factual. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the stuff, that, it wasn't the good stuff. So once they kind of were aware that we were doing this for all good reasons, uh, they opened up more, and and when they knew that we, our intentions were to help them, uh, kind of leaving the place better than we found it, then they were uh, they were fully on board. So, um, you know, yeah, I, it, was, um, it was a process.
0: I was going to say, eight months is a long time. Was there ever a moment where you thought maybe we don't have something here?
1: Well, there were a lot of moments that I thought we would never be here. You know, I I I really didn't think they would make the Kickstarter campaign, which was you know the very beginning, and and I thought this could be the shortest documentary ever. <laughs> Thirty days were done, right? Uh, and then you know I did I did wonder if we would ever get them to open up and tell their story, and and you know I. I, I, there were so many times where if I were Miriam, I would have given up. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, that I, I really I laid awake a lot of nights just wondering if we would ever get to the end and what the end would be. So um, it was uh, it was really really uh, something to follow, and I feel like you know we became really part of each other's lives as I watched and she continued, and, and at the end she said, you know, one of the reasons I would have never given up on this is because. Because you were here and you were filming and you were supporting, and it was it was really nice. And I, you know, I just, I, yeah, I I never, I never thought that uh, my presence had any kind of impact on, on their, um, on on their desire to continue. But it definitely boosted their spirits, I guess.
0: It's interesting. I'm listening to you talk about this. And I feel like this is like a qualitative research study, like but in film where you don't know what you're going to uncover and discover and you kind of wait for it and you go, aha, am I right a little bit?
1: Oh, definitely. We never we 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 didn't really know what was going to happen from one shoot to the next. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there's a point in the film where she goes to actually buy the truck and she's got all the money and they and they tell her, no, she can't. She can't buy the truck Why? And, and because because she's a refugee and she doesn't have proper licenses and she doesn't have work permits and she doesn't have any of these things that are required, even though she's paying cash for the truck. And so, you know, it was at that point, it was just so uh, just demeaning in a way, you know, that right. I thought. And she tells us during that interview, turn off the camera. Uh-huh. And that was the only time she told us to turn off the camera. And, um, and I thought, that's it. That she she's not going to recover from this. Yes. But and and there was a long pause between that and the next time that we even spoke, and that we went back and. But she did. She she kept on. It was really incredible, and they kept looking for loopholes and how could we make this work? And and finally they figured it out. So Ugh. it was uh it was amazing. But her persistence was just incredible, and her patience and the grace by which she, you know, kind of took each slap in the face and just, and just smiled and continued. Was It was like nothing I've ne- ever experienced before.
0: That's a real lesson right there in uh, determination and grit and just she had this I'm-not-going-to-give-up attitude.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the, 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 the attorney in the film has a great line. He says, you know, I know people like Miriam, and for her, there's no plan B. Plan B is repeat Plan A until it works. Yes. Because that's all they've got, you know, and so uh, it, was, it was amazing. But all of these women were depending on her, and I think she felt that pressure the whole time. Like, this wasn't just changing her life. It wasn't just changing the life of even the women working there. It was the community. It was refugees as a whole. You know, she spoke... At the Alguna Film Festival, when we won an award there, and she and she got up on the stage and she spoke, "This is for refugees everywhere, mm-hmm. not just for me. Or these women, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is for the the fight of all refugees." So it was really impactful.
0: Now, Thomas, I do want to mention. I was reading. I put everything up on my show blog, which is GetTheFunkOutShow.Kuci.Org, that Miriam has spent her entire life in a sixty-nine-year-old refugee camp south of Beirut. Yeah
1: in fact life. her mother's her mother spent her entire life in the same camp oh. so um, these are people who have never had a home they've always been the outsider you know they don't have an address they, they, it, it really don't exist um, for, for most of the world and for and for Lebanon so uh, that that's what she's always known and that's why her idea of doing this was so crazy and so audacious, mm-hmm. you know that everybody was like, All right, "This, learning, this is never going to happen," <laughs> you know. And she just continues that same way, you know. They, we, um, they said that the, the, her biggest concern is that there's 150 Syrian kids now who have come into the camp and that aren't educated because they're they're not. There's no room at the UN schools, and so um, she wants to build a. a Children's center inside the camp, and everybody told her, "You'll never get anybody to build a children-funded children's center inside the camp because we don't exist. Because there's no deeds. Because there's you know, it's temporary and whatever." And and uh, we, nice. she wrote a grant, and we supported it with film, and she got enough money to start the construction. So the construction of the children's centers oh underway.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Um, we, we We wrote down all of these recipes that they had they're making for their food truck that have never been written down before, mm-hmm. and we created this cookbook called Sufra and it's this beautiful cookbook that then all the the proceeds from the cookbook go to support the uh, the construction of the children's center so it's this you know they have this business now that's outside of Lebanon that people can see that that goes with the film that really um, supports them in their efforts and and uh and growing a business and then also growing businesses in other camps.
0: It's such a beautiful story. Let's touch on this for a bit. Now she she set out to launch this catering compry, company, Sufra. What what does Sufra mean?
1: It's uh, it means like a big bountiful table. Mm-hmm. So that people gather around and so for her, she you know, she never wanted to take she, and she never wanted it to be political, so it's not. there's there's no money from government or any other government agency, and she never wanted it to be religious. She just wanted it to be for everyone, and so all of the women there come from different walks of life, and they all come from different countries and have different experiences, but the food is the one uniting piece that pulls them all together.
0: Uh, so what is it? what was it like when this film wrapped? Because I, I bet it was really hard to leave all these people you'd spend so much time with?
1: Well, you know, I'm not good at that part, so I will always <laughs> go back. Oh, so good. when it wrapped and we, we played uh, in the festival in Egypt, we mm. played in Egypt because it was the only place that we could get Miriam into. Um, oh. We got a special visa dispensation so that she could come to the world premiere of, of her film. Uh, and then I went back with my family and we screened the film in the camp to all of the women oh, beautiful. Um, so that they could, so that they could see the film as well. And, you know, I will, I will continue to go back and continue to visit. And they're really in a difficult situation politically right now. And there's a lot of speculation of what will happen and there's constant threat of war, but she, um, she just keep, continues, you know, and she continues to try to make the lives of all of these women and all of their children better. So it's hard to look away from that once you, once you read the film.
0: You know, there must have been so many things that you experienced as a result of making this film. I mean, you're obviously never going to be the same. This is such meaningful work. What does this feel like to you?
1: You know, I've never, um, with all of my films, and they've all won various awards and I've never, I've never kept an award. I've, ne- I've always given them back to the people who the film was about, and this was no different way. So when I went, I gave Miriam and the women the awards that we won at Alguna. Um, for me, for me, the, the award is the Children's Center. It's the orphanage in the middle of Nepal. It's the, it's the uh, emergency shelter that was built because of our film, Story Street. So that's always the most rewarding for me, and those are things you can always go back to and point out and say, this is what our film accomplished. This is what we did through yes. uh, you know, storytelling, right. and so it's um i think there's a there's a connection that that you have with those people and, and with and with their stories and and they become family and and you know my family knows them all now my My wife showed up to Aww. see these women and she started crying I
0: bet. She felt like,
1: oh my god we're well here." two years you've been here and and here they are you know and it is funny because I I take friends and I take family and I I take them to meet them and and my friends and family always feel like they know them so well you know because they've seen them and then on the other side here's Miriam who's never seen any of them before and she's like oh hi you know (laughs) hugging her and telling her all about you know her I'm just it's really it's really interesting but yeah they do become family it's hard to ever Leave them at that point,
0: that is beautiful. Yeah. So you were away from your family for about two years,
1: uh, back and forth. So okay. I think I made uh, sixteen trips in twenty four months. Wow. so I was there was a lot of back and forth, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that was the really the beauty of having our cameraman there and uh, and on the ground is when something would happen if we needed to react quickly, he was right there to to go and capture it.
0: beautiful. i. I didn't get a chance to get a screener, but uh right now I know there's been a lot of attention for the film. Are you based out of New York?
1: Uh that's a great that's a great question. We left I was living in Singapore for three and a half years and okay. we left Singapore in June and we've been uh, traveling the world with my wife and my two sons and so uh we will we will end up it looks like in Lake Cuomo, uh Italy. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, New York is always my base of, of work in the U.S., so I come back and forth to New York, and Susan's here, and, and you know, most of the people that I've worked with in the past are here, so.
0: Fantastic. So, what are some of the, uh, just a few things you would like people to walk away from seeing this film?
1: Sorry, getting a little loud. At me, that's okay. To say that. um, you know, I think, I think, first and foremost, and kind of the easiest thing is a, a different perspective on, on who who refugees are. I think that's like the the, the the one thing that was, I think, most gratifying in one of my screenings is somebody stood up and they said, you know, I thought I knew everything about this issue. And I realized that I know nothing about these people. Right. And so um, th- that's first, I think, first and foremost. And then I, I think we always try to give a way to help. We always try to give a way to, to engage. And whether that be through buying a cookbook or hosting a screening or whatever they want to do. Uh, there's a lot of women like Miriam. So once we get the Children's Center built, then she will be the person who helps determine who are those other women that we can give these microloans to so that they can start and have the same opportunity that she's had. So uh, I think it's, it's the ripple effect of what, of what occurs when you engage that yes. is really the most important to us.
0: Yes. So what's on your plan? Do you have your next film that you're already shooting or you, you're not taking a little time off?
1: Uh, uh, no, um, the next film that I'm shooting, I'm going to stay in Beirut. It's a really volatile time there, but it's, it's uh, I don't know if you know what fixers are, but they no, they no. go ahead of the media and, and um, really in very difficult situations and, and very dangerous situations, and they and they secure uh, places and interviews and I so see. on and so forth. And there's there's four women in Beirut all working for different organizations that are the best fixers probably in the world. And that's the great. fact oh. that they're all mothers and that they're all, um, you know, in these very dangerous places, to me, is yeah. fascinating. So that's the story I want to tell next. I, love um, it. I, I, I thought of it as we were, I'm, were driving down the road with the, Uh, Daisy the fixer for for our film and and she's on the phone and she says, Yes, I have the interview set up with the kidnapper.
0: Oh really? Can
1: do the interview and then she hangs up and then the phone rings and she picks it up and she goes, Oh yeah, the birthday party's at four o'clock and (laughs) it's just like that is the craziest That
0: is really crazy. You know
1: Yeah, and it's becoming it's becoming more and more difficult there. So they're more you know, they're more important than ever and I think it's it's fascinating.
0: Where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling in from the streets of New York City. I'm outside of Forbes Conference. I'm speaking to you today. Oh, okay. So.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> I love I love New York. I grew up in New York. Um, but I, I just love all the background noises. I didn't know if you are in an airport or another country because I have people calling from all over. So where yeah, can people yeah. find out more about the film?
1: If they go to sufrafilm.com, S-O-U-F-R-A, sufrafilm.com. The cookbooks there, the trailers there, uh, updates on where we're screening are there. Uh, we open um, tomorrow at the Lamley Music Box, uh, and we're, we run for a week in LA. So um, everything's there, and uh, and and um, you can you can just kind of follow us and, and see where where it goes next. We haven't sold the film, so we're anxious to to uh, to get that done, and then and then have more news.
0: Fantastic. I want to thank you so much. If you're ever in L.A. or if I get back to the city and our paths cross, I would love to meet you.
1: I would absolutely love that. We will do that for sure.
0: Thank you for everything you're doing. As I'm listening to you talk about this film, I have chills the entire time. So thank you. What a gift. <laughs> what a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thanks, you.
1: For, thanks for the opportunity. All
0: right. Thanks, Thomas. Take care. If you missed any part of our conversation and is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z, underscore rock.